This is Dr. Tom Lee for NEJM Catalyst, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Ziad Haydar, Senior Vice President and Chief Clinical Officer for Ascension Health, based in St. Louis, including hospitals, outpatient centers, and other healthcare services and facilities in 24 states and Washington, D.C. Ziad, thanks so much for having this conversation with us. A lot of organizations have been trying to move all their physicians into employed models, but Ascension has made a major commitment to trying to improve quality and efficiency working with as many affiliate physicians. Why have you gone this route? Um, Tom, thank you for having me on this interview, and, and I think the question you're asking is very important. Our commitment is really based on the practicality and the um, our read of the future of physicians in the United States. We believe that there will be a lot of physician employment and uh, these models will continue to exist and evolve, but we also believe that there will continue, um, uh, physicians will also continue to be in independent groups and will be uh, partnering with uh, healthcare uh, delivery organizations without necessarily being employed by them, and we already are seeing many of these models around the country. What we believe um, is essential for us and our physicians is the shared purpose of best care, best service at the lowest cost possible in a way that also improves the provider's experience, whether they are employed or not. It is these shared values that bring us together, not necessarily the business models that tie us. So how is it going? Can you give us a couple of stories? It is um, going um, um, well. <laughs> Um, in uh, multiple um, um, uh, situations, we have examples of very good successes. In others, as you would expect, we have more work to do. Um, we start with the principle that uh, physicians are universally motivated by what is good for their patients, and we also use uh, the guiding principle that physician expertise should drive our business decisions, not the opposite. And so we create what we call affinity groups or service line governance councils, or we have various models where, that we create where physician experts come together and give us their collective voice around the practices that should evolve care in their specialty. An example of this is our obstetrics affinity group, where our obstetricians come together and uh, unanimously conclude what the best practices are in terms of uh, labor induction, in terms of the rates of C-sections and the indications for C-sections, etc., etc., and it is their collective voice, which then is accepted by the physician executives in our quality committees and supported by our board that subsequently commits the organization to action. And uh, we've had significant successes in, in uh, the space of obstetrics, uh, successes in the space of cardiology, oncology, et cetera. Now, with your obstetricians who are not employed by you, I know that you have been able to vastly get the rate of disclosure of, pr 
problems by them to patients when things don't go right up and with a lot of good consequences. Can you give a little data on, on how that's played out? Sure. We have trained physicians, uh, obstetricians, in a program that we call CORE, Communicate Openly and Resolve Early, which totally revolutionized our risk management approaches when in healthcare the traditional training was not to disclose serious safety events and when things go wrong, give it to the lawyers and keep the clinicians out of it. We went in, in a totally different direction based on transparency and, and, and integrity and uh, trained physicians to disclose to those we serve when mistakes have happened and when errors and injuries have happened. And that allowed a, a very significant improvement in provider satisfaction it also allowed for a significant improvement in the satisfactions of those who were injured, those who were affected, uh, the victims of the medical errors, and ended up getting them early resolution, early uh, therapy, and ended up getting them more benefits, uh, even financial benefits, than had we gone through the classic route of malpractice litigation. And what happened to your malpractice premiums? Our premiums have gone down. Our capital reserve for insurance has gone down, and, and, and it was a win-win for our patients and a win-win for our doctors and had uh, um, a very significant um, uh, amount of dollars saved by the system that goes back into serving the communities um, and serving uh, those uh, of our patients who are struggling. Now, we know this is hard. Are there some mistakes to be avoided from your efforts in this area? Yes, um, it is hard. <laughs> it is not a magical uh, recipe. It is um, uh, continuous work. The biggest mistake is the assumption that the answers are already there and uh, the tendency to come in with the answers and with the plan rather than produce it through the dialogue uh, with the physician experts and the collective voice of the organization. Physician burnout is on everyone's mind these days. How are you thinking about it? I totally agree with your statement that physician burnout is... Uh, a, a serious problem today throughout the industry. Um, if I may, I have a little anecdote uh, to tell. A few years ago, I was with a group of uh, our cardiology leaders across the country, and over the dinner that preceded our meeting, um, I listened to a conversation which was rather pessimistic which was uh, revealing of significant burnout, revealing uh, the significant frustration with uh, healthcare today and, and specifically cardiology today from the cardiologist's point of view. And at some moment, at some point in the conversation, I asked my colleagues, said, look, guys, uh, I'm personally, I have not practiced since 2007. And I admit I am out of touch. Uh, I could be out of touch. 
but my son is a pre-med right now, and based on what you are saying, should I talk him out of it? And uh, something magical happened as soon as I asked the question where everybody looked at me and, and, and there was a loud and unanimous and a passionate voice that uh, states very clearly and strongly that ours remains the best profession, the most noble calling, and that while we have a lot to be improving, um, uh, but, but we still should be optimistic about the future of our profession. And, and, and that, to me, was a, on one hand, representative of the uh, world we live in, in terms of appreciating the, the, our calling while at the same time struggling through the reality, but it's also a call to action that we should capitalize as an industry on the nobility of our calling and we're not doing enough of this. We're not honoring this as much as we should. Well, I want to thank you, uh, Dr. Heidel, for your insights and the description of your experiences. And I know that we'll all be watching Ascension for leadership in this very challenging area. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Thank you.